0: ball is hit well. Deep left center field. Adios, Crossford! High drive to right! It is on Hello, everybody. Today is the day. Opening day is finally here. I know baseball came back yesterday, but the Giants weren't playing. So I was happy because we obviously got baseball back. Fantastic. But I'm definitely way happier today, and we all know why, and that's because the Giants finally play baseball today. For the first time during the 2020 season, it's a game that finally matters. Don't get me wrong, spring training had its time, it was definitely entertaining, but for the most part, I'm ready for the real deal. Hello, Giants fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Say Hey Podcast. As always, I'm your host, James Donahue, as I am for every show, so hopefully that's not a deal-breaker for you. And folks, like always, I have a great show for you today. To start it off, I'm going to go ahead and round out the PPPs, and again, that just means the player profiles and projections. And then we're going to dive into the first series of the season. The Giants take on the Miami Marlins for a three-game series, and I'll be doing my best, of course, to give you all a little preview, or at least something that we can expect to happen during these next three games. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive right in, starting with the bullpen. And that's the area I haven't even touched yet. There's an entire bullpen I haven't even talked about yet. So don't worry, I'm not going to be doing a an intensive deep dive into every single arm. I am, however, going to do my best to talk about the bullpen as a whole. So let's go ahead and talk about the first three names, Camilo Doval, Jake McGee, and Tyler Rogers. All right, that's some of our favorite names coming out of this bullpen. Gabe Kapler hasn't revealed who will be his preferred ninth inning option to start this season, but he's named Camilo Doval, Jake McGee, and Tyler Rogers as candidates to close out games this year. Yeah, yeah, okay, but we all know it's going to be Camilo Duval, young poppy, the flamethrower who touches 100-plus miles an hour consistently. In a perfect world, I like Tyler Rogers in the seventh, Jake McGee as the go-to setup man in the eighth inning, while also making appearances in the ninth inning during Duval's off days, and then, of course, my preferred closer is Camilo Duval, all right? Some things about Duvall. From May 20th to October 2nd of the regular season last year, Duvall made 17 different appearances on the mound. During that time, he pitched 17.1 innings pitched, struck out 27 batters, only walked four, and failed to give up a single run. That's why I like Camilo Duvall going into the ninth. Jake McGee, also solid. 2.72 ERA on the year, and he did so by throwing his fastball 90% of the time. That's not an exaggeration. That's an exact number. He threw his four-seam fastball exactly 90% of the time. And Tyler Rogers doing his weird thing, but also somehow figuring out how to finish the season with a 2.22 ERA. You love to see it. Moving on down the list, my next favorite is going to be Dominic Leone. He finished the year with a 1.51 ERA, and he was pretty much the definition of old reliable. And of course, don't forget, we also have Jose Alvarez, who finished the year with a 2.37 ERA. And if that surprises you, then let's go ahead and examine his splits. Lefty hitters, opposing lefty hitters, were only able to produce a 220 batting average against Alvarez. But what's even more surprising is that opposing right-handed batters were only able to produce a 214 batting average against him. Absolutely fantastic. And then to round things out, you have Zach Littell finishing the year, of course. Another relief pitcher with an ERA that starts with a 2. Littell finishing the year with a 2.92 ERA. Harlene Garcia with a 2.62 ERA. And the last names I'll mention is John Brebbia, who last year had a little bit of a rocky season, but he was also coming back from Tommy John surgery. This year, I believe the Giants have higher hopes for him, so we'll see how they use him. And then also, Sammy Long will be in the bullpen. I thought initially he was going to be sent down considering that he has options left, but I guess not. And the last name I'll mention in this bullpen is Mr. Tyler Beatty. That's right, he made... The roster, thank God. It definitely would have been a bad look for me if I talked up Tyler Beattie so often and he ends up getting cut. Because remember, he had no options left. So it was either make the team or go somewhere else. So thank God he was able to make the roster in order to make myself look better. And a good thing too, because along with making me look good, I think Tyler Beattie is going to make himself look good. That's right. I believe Tyler Beattie is going to be the X factor this season. I fully believe this is going to be the year he finally puts things together. And even though he might not start the year initially in the starting rotation, he still will be getting opportunities out of the bullpen. And from there, I can see the Giants gradually getting him a start every now and again. And who knows, if he performs well enough, I could definitely see the Giants going to a six-man rotation with the goal of keeping all starting pitchers as healthy as possible. As for Sammy Long, I feel like he has potential to one day hold a spot in the starting rotation. However, I feel as though that may not be this year. I can see him making some spot starts every now and again if the starting rotation sustains any injuries, but for the most part, I view him as a long reliever which is fine. I love Sammy Long. He has an insane curveball that is devastating and debilitating to opposing hitters. So I'm definitely happy that Sammy Long made the roster as well. So really quick to round off the bullpen, what are my expectations? Eventually, I view Camilo Duval as the everyday closer. And the other top three or four arms that I need to have good years again are Jake McGee, Tyler Rogers, and Dominic Leone. If those three pitchers can have great years along with Camilo Doval, then this bullpen is already in a great spot to pick up right where they left off last season when they were ranked as the number one bullpen in all of baseball. All right, let's go ahead and round out the starting rotation. Some names I haven't talked about yet are Anthony DeScofani and Alex Cobb. Now, as for Anthony DeScofani, the only negative thing I have to say about him is that I am extremely terrified every time he pitches against the Dodgers. Last year, during the 2021 regular season, he produced a 7.33 ERA against them last year. That's god-awful. But against every other team in the division, he produced fantastic numbers. Versus the Rockies, 2.22 ERA. Versus San Diego, 2.57 ERA. And versus Arizona, 3.50 ERA. So real quick, why do we like Anthony Descofani? Because he's reliable. Last year, he produced a 3.17 ERA, and his FIP was 3.62. Again, another fantastic number. I don't expect Descofani to strike out 12 batters a game, but what I do expect is for him to go at least six or seven innings every single outing, which is fantastic for your number three starter. Moving on to the last arm in the rotation, and that is going to be Alex Cobb. He finished the 2021 season with an 8-3 record with the Angels, produced a 3.76 ERA, and more importantly, a 2.92 FIP, indicating that he actually should have done better than his ERA suggests. And on top of all that, he's pumping 97 miles per hour in spring. I don't know, but this rotation is really starting to shape up nicely. This might actually be top five rotation in all of baseball. I know that's a bit of a stretch, but behind Logan Webb and Carlos Rodon, you have nothing but reliability. Anthony DeSclafani, Alex Wood, and to top it off, you have Alex Cobb. Those three veteran starters can each easily get you through seven innings throughout their outing. This is absolutely fantastic. The only thing we have to worry about when it comes to this rotation is maintaining their health, which again, it may not be a bad idea to go to a six-man rotation featuring Tyler Beattie as the sixth starter. All right, that's going to go ahead and round out the starting rotation. Moving on to the catchers. Joey Bart, finishing spring with a 364 batting average and 1.258 OPS. So does he get the Rookie of the Year award now or Now. Whoops, I just said that. Not to mention, Joey Bart, as of yesterday, he will be starting. That's right, during today's game, we will see Joey Bart behind the dish. Congratulations to the rookie, the heir to Buster Posey's throne. We'll see what happens. And I know we're all excited about the new kid on the block, but let's not forget Kirk Casale, who also produced great numbers during spring. 375 batting average, and 1.069 OPS during spring. So it's looking like the Giants are in great shape when it comes to the catcher position, finally. And as I mentioned a few episodes back, this is going to be one of the factors that makes or breaks the Giants' season. If the catcher position can be solidified, and if the catcher position can produce great numbers, not only with their bats, but also successfully command and navigate this pitching staff, then the Giants will have a great shot at sustaining the success that they experienced last year. Moving on to the infield, I'm not going to do a deep dive, but let's go ahead and talk about it. All right, we have Wilmer Flores, Tommy Lastella, Mauricio Dubon, Tyro Estrada, Jason Vossler, Evan Longoria, and Luke Williams. Tommy Lastella, Evan Longoria, starting the year on the IEL. Great. Thanks a lot, old dudes which means Wilmer Flores is going to feature a lot of time at third base because Farhan Zaidi has recently come out and stated that Tyro Estrada will be the everyday second baseman. Great, fantastic news. I'm going to go ahead and talk about why that's great news when we predict today's lineup. Again, this recording is taking place the night before of opening day, so I haven't seen anything yet, but I will attempt to try to predict this lineup. Mauricio Dubon, Jason Vossler, and Luke Williams will be the utility guys. Vossler can play multiple positions in the infield. Mauricio Dubon can as well, but he can also play the outfield if necessary. I'm going to be honest with you all. I'm going to be up front, okay? Because that's what we value. We value transparency. I don't know how I feel about Mauricio Dubon at this point in his career. He seems like a great guy, so I don't want to talk bad about him, especially since a great story just came out about his life and his journey with baseball. So I wish him all the success. He just hasn't had any success yet with the Giants. So I really hope he can try to figure some things out this year. I know the Giants have been trying to transition him into, you know, a Chris Taylor type, someone that has a lot of utility potential but someone who can also have a valuable bat. So at this point, I'm tempering my expectation when it comes to Dubon. However, I am hopeful, and I will be happy if he somehow figures it out. And the last two members of the outfield that we haven't talked about yet is going to be Steven Duggar and Austin Slater. Starting with Duggar, the splits aren't eye-popping for Duggar. He posted a 262 batting average and seven eighty six OPS versus righties. Not great, considering that he's a left-handed batter. He's not a big power guy, so the OPS might never be high, but you'd like to see the batting average higher versus righties. However, with that being said, don't you dare sleep on Duggar because last year for almost a third of the season, all right, 60 games, Steven Duggar produced a 296 batting average and 858 OPS. So there is most definitely reason to have optimism when it comes to Duggar, and not to mention... We love the guy because he is a defensive wizard, and I feel as though it was only appropriate to save these two to the very end because I feel as though we might see these two platoon for each other in center field. When it comes to Austin Slater, his splits are a bit more aesthetically pleasing. Last year, he produced a 284 batting average and 894 OPS versus lefties, so in a perfect world, these two guys would be in the platoon for center field. Duggar will be in the game versus righties, Slater in the game versus lefties. I don't expect big time numbers from either of these guys considering that I'm predicting them to have platoon roles so they won't be getting every day at bats, but what I am expecting is success when they have the right opportunity or when their name is called. All right, that is going to be all for the PPPs. If I left anyone out, which is highly likely, please forgive me, but I have no more time when it comes to PPPs it's finally time to talk about the regular season. So let's go ahead and get hyped. Let's go ahead and get excited because first pitch is scheduled today at 1.35 p.m. and it will feature a matchup between everyone's favorite pitcher, Logan Webb versus Sandy Alcantara. So when it comes to this matchup versus the Marlins, let's go ahead and start with the good news. The Miami Marlins' combined team batting average versus every Giants starting pitcher is not good. Versus Logan Webb, They've only been able to produce a combined 0.29 batting average versus Carlos Rodon, a 0.94 batting average versus Anthony Descofani, a 179 batting average, Alex Wood, 124 batting average, and Alex Cobb. They somehow figured him out, producing a combined 288 batting average. The good news is, I don't expect Alex Cobb to pitch against the Fish, so this shit should be a lot of fun. Logan Webb, Carlos Rodon and Anthony Descalfani are going to be the starting pitchers that I predict to pitch against the Marlins during this three-game series. See, I told you I had some great news. Let's go ahead and keep the good vibes going. When it comes to Sandy Alcantara, the 26-year-old flamethrower has a career 2.84 ERA in three career games at Oracle Park. However, like I said, I still have some good news. Let's go ahead and list some career stats San Francisco Giants players have been able to produce against Alcantara, starting with Belt. He's been able to produce a career 500 batting average and 1.792 OPS against Alcantara with a home run. Going down the list, we have Brandon Crawford producing a career 364 batting average, Jock Peterson, who has a home run against him in six career at-bats, and lastly, Mike Yastrzemski has been able to produce a 273 batting average and 879 OPS with also a home run. So what are the keys to this game? Well, like always, the Giants need to get to the starting pitchers early. Alcantara is overwhelming. He has a 99-mile-per-hour sinker, and he mixes that with off-speed pitches that can make opposing hitters look like they forgot how to play baseball. So while Logan Webb is doing his thing, keeping opposing Miami hitters off balance, the key to this game is for the Giants to get to Sandy Alcantara early which of course is no easy feat, but that's what they got to do. I don't know what else to say. Let's go ahead and break down the roster, starting with the Miami Marlins. They were able to sign Jorge Soler during the offseason, but that doesn't scare me at all because his career numbers against Logan Webb, 0 for 6 with 5 strikeouts. Convenient for us. Going down the list, they have Garrett Cooper, Jesus Sanchez, who's considered one of their top prospects, another Jesus, Aguilar, always a power threat, he had 22 home runs last year. Continuing down the list, the Marlins were also able to to acquire Avisil Garcia during the offseason, who hit 29 homers last year. They also have Joey Wendell, Miguel Rojas, Jacob Stallings, the Gold Club catcher, and Jazz Chisholm, who hit 18 home runs and stole 23 bases last year. So I mentioned earlier, this current Marlins roster, the names I just listed off, have a combined career 0 2 9 batting average against Logan Webb. Absolutely insane. I just listed off some heavy hitters, but Logan Webb should have no problems dicing these guys up. Considering what he did against the Dodgers last year during the playoffs, this should be cake. Moving on to the Giants lineup. And again, this is just going to be a prediction of mine, all right? This is not something I've seen yet, all right? I'm predicting Mike Ostrzymski to lead off to play right field. Not only does he give you power at the top of the lineup, he also knows how to work counts. He wears pitchers down. Every time he steps in the box, I feel like I'm about to see five or six pitches at least. And I think most importantly, I think he's also going to get back into prioritizing getting on base more than anything else. Moving on to the number two hitter in this lineup, it's going to be the captain, Brandon Belt. I personally believe Belt, when healthy, is the best hitter on the Giants. Which is why I wanted him to be one of the first three batters an opposing pitcher faces. And also another batter who works counts and knows how to draw walks at a high clip. Okay, so in a perfect world, we would now have two men on base, no outs. Who's it going to be? Who's going to be the three hitter to drive these guys home? That's right. Big Daddy Craw, Brandon Crawford. I just told you he has a career 364 batting average versus Alcantara. Are you joking me? Easy double off the wall. All right, all right. Now we've got a little first inning magic going on here. Who's going to be the next man up in the four spot? All right, a lot of you are probably guessing rough here. But I chose to put a breakout candidate, Tyro Estrada, in this spot because he is setting the world on fire right now. And not to mention, he has great numbers versus righties. Hello? So I throw three straight lefties at Sandy that he obviously couldn't handle. And then I send big boy Tyro at him. He's thinking righty, finally, a right-handed hitter. Nope, guess again. Three-run ding-dong. The Giants are winning this game in the first inning. To round off the rest of the lineup, Starting with the fifth spot, I put Darren Ruff, and he's going to be the DH. Joey Bart in the sixth hole catching. Wilmer Flores hitting seventh, playing third base. Jock Peterson playing left field, hitting eighth. And rounding out the lineup, we have Steven Duggar batting ninth, playing center field. In my professional-slash-unprofessional opinion, this lineup would do devastating things to opposing pitcher Sandy Alcantara, but we'll just have to see what the lineup looks like today. And to round off opening day... I'm going to go ahead and end it with two stats here. The Marlins are 12 and 17 on opening day in franchise history with a 2 and 6 record on the road. That's great. And another fun fact that has no relevance to the last fun fact. The Giants have had 14 different players start in left field on opening day since Barry Bonds played his final season with the club in 2007, a streak that seems destined to stay alive this year, considering that Austin Slater was the 2021 opening day left fielder, but he's unlikely to start against the right-handed Sandy Alcantara. The next two games following today should feature matchups between Pablo Lopez for the Marlins, Carlos Rodon for the Giants, and Game 3 should feature a matchup, should feature a matchup between Trevor Rogers for the Marlins and Anthony Descofani for the Giants. I am predicting that the Giants are going to win the first two games. All right? I think Logan Webb and Carlos Rodon are both going to be too overwhelming for these Marlins hitters. Again, these aren't all-stars. These aren't the Dodgers. They're great. They have great power. They have some guys who can get on base, but for the most part, they're middle of the pack when it comes to their lineup. But Like I said, because they have power, I can see them running into some pitches and sending some balls over the wall against Anthony Descafani. So for that reason, I think the Giants win the first two. I would love for them to sweep, but I'm trying to be realistic here and not completely biased. I'm going to go ahead and say the Giants win two out of three. All right, everyone, that is going to be all for today's podcast. Wow, 20 minutes. Today was a thick one. Thank you so much for your continued love and support of the show. And like always, you can find the Say Hey Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, where you can also leave a rating and a review if you feel so inclined. And don't forget, folks, please continue to stay safe in this crazy world. Please continue to be smart. But most importantly, go Giants.